This fucking guy. Hello, my little chicken salad croissants. Welcome to This Fucking Guy, a podcast about self care. It's self care. It's one long scream into the void. Here is where we use expletives and alcohol to emotionally process the creeps, jerks, and p-words that compose the shitty elevator music of our lives. I can't believe it's not butter, Ren Martinez. And I doubt this is yogurt, Ginger Golub. That's actually disgusting. It's the dumbest one I've ever written. (laughs) I told you, and then you didn't read it. I've been watching a TikTok series where this girl goes through the weird food that was in the 2000s. Like, of course, she starts with the easy squirt ketchup that was, like, purple and blue and green. Like, unholy, right? Um, But one of them that she talks about is, and I can't imagine... You as another, like, middle-class white lady who Uh grew up in a middle-class white lady home, that this did not exist. The country crock brown, you know, the the jug of the brown butter? It's Mm -hmm. not butter. It's not margarine. It's spread. Spread. It's vegetable spread of some... It doesn't taste like butter. Vegetable spread is margarine. But it's not margarine, apparently, because there's something that makes it not margarine, but it's not even margarine. It's its own unique thing, because it it doesn't taste like butter. It tastes... Like spread. Like grease. It just tastes slick. It tastes very slick. Yeah, that is, that is fair of country crock. Country <laughs> crock is not my preferred margarine. I am one of those rare people. I like a margarine. I don't always feel like I want sort of like that heavy fat undertone mm-hmm. of a butter. What the fuck are we podcasting about? How did we get onto this? We're talking about weird food of the 2000s. And a country crock is not the weirdest. Again, oh, 3D, Dur- 3D Doritos lacerated my whole last Or the, 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 the fucking potato sticks that you would get at like... Yeah, like the little potato sticks that you would get in, like, the the big cardboard oh, container yes. that was just designed to sh- poke you in the cheeks at the ones every that opportunity. Look like matchsticks? Yes. Or, like, I mean, who doesn't love a Lunchable, right? Like, I always wanted more Lunchables when I was in elementary school, and, like, my parents were just hated me and my, my sister, so, like, they never got us them. Mm-hmm. But Lunchables started coming out with unholy options. Like the taco. Oh, yeah. Lunchable taco. Like, there is nothing good about having a tube of not. squeezable ground beef. Nope. Absolutely not. Certainly not. I and listeners, may I both preempt this and follow this up with TM, TM, TM. Mm-hmm. Um, my million dollar idea is to make really bougie lunchable options Ooh. for rich kids and call them charcuties. TM, 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 TM. Holy shit. I love it. I was about to be, is that just a charcuterie board? Yes. <laughs> That's charcuties. You, charcuties. Oh my god, I love that. That is very that is very millennial. Yes. Like that is absolutely something that I can imagine my generation being like, ooh, serotonin booster. Yeah, just buying by the dozen. <laughs> just just gonna make sure that little Blazelin has some nice. Uh, I was gonna say prosecco, but that's not a meat. <laughs> Prosciutto. Prosciutto. Thank you. 
Blazeland goes to third grade with a bottle of mini, like a mini bottle of Prosecco. <laughs> and they're like, honestly, I don't know. I don't see anything wrong with this. Hi, Beans. Hello. I know. I'm up here sitting and you're down there not sitting. And this is very hard for you. It's so hard to be a puppy. He is good boy. He is good, good boy. I mean, now that you have just upped your serotonin and lowered your blood pressure by petting my, would we call it a dog? A uh, dog adjacent. Dog adjacent critter. Um, what do you have to scream into the void today? Um, it's just another episode of White Ladies on the Internet. Oh, fuck me. Yep. So I just sent you a link. You did. Um, so the newest white woman trying to cry her way out of being racist, uh, just happened where, uh, she was at a Victoria's Secret and, like, was trying to hit this black lady. And oh, God. once the black lady pulls out the camera, she immediately bursts into tears and starts screaming. And we're going to en- enjoy that for a minute. Um, because there's, there's nothing like a white woman's fake tears trying to get a black person in trouble. You keep lying saying I'm threatening you, so I'm recording to protect myself. This poor girl at the counter who is just <laughs> in the mask, just like, oh no. Jesus Christ. What am I even watching? It gets better. Get away from me! Oh, y'all better get this lady! You were chasing her. Yep. Yep. That is that is a white lady chasing down the black woman she tried to hit, screaming, get away from me. Humanity is a blight on this earth. So she did end up, uh, one of her final videos, she went to the uh, police department to file a police complaint. Uh-huh. The police were called. Uh-huh. By the white lady. Of course. Um, they took her statement first, and part of that statement was about how, like, she was being attacked by the black lady who kept filming her without her consent. Yeah, and apparently the security did the same thing. But luckily, what we do have to say is we stand this Victoria's Secret. Because apparently all the staff was like, nah, 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 nah. Like that, yeah. that white lady, she fuck, she was fucked. Like yeah. she was like fucking chasing her. She was go- like the whole thing. So um in the police report, she's like, well, I was just really afraid about this video being posted on the internet because I don't want to lose my job. <sighs> bitch don't be fucking racist in the first place don't go yeah. hit people don't try to hit people that will help right it's just it's so clear the the way the first video starts is like this like he's clearly going after her yeah. and then immediately like turns on the tears and starts being like i'm being victimized it's like it's so Ooh, it's actually kind of scary. It's scary, but it's also sort of like the passive-aggressive white woman version of when you're watching pro soccer and somebody just, like, barely taps somebody and then they just dramatically, like, <gasps> yes, they just dramatically throw themselves to the ground to try to get a penalty. And just kind of look up at the ref and see if they notice. Yeah. Like, did you, did you see? Did you see what he did? Did you see what he did? Oh, he didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
Well, on on that note, um, considering that we could talk about white ladies weaponizing their fragility against people of color for the rest of our lives, mm-hmm. perhaps we need therapy. All right, Dingy. I am comfortable. I'm relaxed. I have my seltzer. And you are far enough away from me that I don't feel threatened. Okay? I want to make sure you know that. Watch yourself. Get away from me! Get away from me! (laughs) Um, So I need you to tell me about this fucking guy. Okay. So about... A week ago, at least as of when we're recording this, C-SPAN published their ranking of all of the U.S. presidents best to worst. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. They do this about every four years after the dust has settled from the last election. What's the metric on that? I I will get to that. Uh, Because it's not a public survey. Good. That's very important. Good. Uh, It is a survey of presidential historians specifically. Okay. They are de-identified so they can do it anonymously. Oh, thank fuck. And they try to do sort of a cross-section of some sort of left-leaning scholars, some right-leaning scholars, so that it's theoretically kind of egalitarian um they rank each u.s president on a scale of one which is least effective to 10 which is most effective in 10 areas those being public persuasion crisis leadership economic management moral authority international relations administrative skills relations with congress vision slash setting an agenda pursuit of equal justice for all in performance within the context of the times. That last one's interesting. That's an important one. Um, The headline of many papers, as I'm sure you can imagine, was not about who the best president ever was. No one gives a shit. That's not the kind of thing anybody clicks for. who was it? God, you're going to make me actually look this up, huh? Who did did these historians... Oh, it was Lincoln. It was Lincoln. Oh. I mean, the obvious yeah. choice, I guess. No. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's usually Lincoln, except for occasionally when it's FDR. Fair, I guess. You know, it, 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 I think everybody could see that coming. But literally every article that I saw about this poll just focused on that news outlet's absolute fucking shock. That Trump was only considered the fourth worst. <gasps> I'm kind of shocked too, honestly. You know, you know what? I don't know who the bottom three are, but I'm actually I knew he was in the bottom five. You yeah. know what I mean? There's th- there's some like genocide-y stuff yes. up in that area, so it's like, you know, mm-hmm. who committed more hate crimes and and murders? Yeah through policy you know it's 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 anyone's game it's anyone's game but is it anyone's game or is it that there's like one person who consistently kind of gets ranked at the bottom no matter what year it is and what c-span poll it is uh yeah so who 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 do you think is the worst president other this than the other than Trump, which well, is the, the obvious choice. Well, there could choice. be the obvious choice, and then the less obvious choice. Uh huh. My less obvious choice is a, uh, I think it's Rutherford B. Haynes because Hayes. he's Hayes. That's what I meant. Rutherford B. Hayes because basically he was like, you know what? 
preventing a civil war, that's very difficult. So I'm just not going to do anything. He got elected after the civil war. Is it, Who was the one before the civil war? James Buchanan Jr. was born April 23rd, 19, 1791. <laughs> because the more obvious choice is Andrew Jackson. Oh, yeah. No, Andrew yeah, Jackson yeah, yeah, sucks, yeah, yeah. but was not in the bottom four for Right. Like, Andrew you know, Jackson is, is, is obviously the obvious choice in terms of, like, murder. Trail of tears, smallpox blankets president. Yeah. 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 This is the one. Again, it was just like, man, again, look, could I prevent thousands and thousands of deaths? It's hard work. Why do that? Uh, That's all I know about this guy. I mean, there, I had to delete so much good stuff because it was this was like 10 pages oh um i did not think that there was going to be much here well i didn't even remember his fucking name yeah no it's james James buchanan uh he was born in a log cabin in cove gap pennsylvania uh in 1791 his father was an irish immigrant but after moving to a slightly bigger farm in a slightly different part of pennsylvania he became the wealthiest resident there as a merchant farmer and real estate investor i already hate him yeah throughout his life uh james had a shitload of siblings many of whom died and honestly i lost track of most of them but i mean they'll come up that's with- why you had so many children because yeah. you knew about five would be eaten by wild animals and the rest would be carried off by like plague birds and then you might have two to carry on your legacy <laughs> one of my like main sources on this was his college which is dickinson college put together just like a timeline of just everything he did that is documented and for like the first 15 years or whatever it's just like he's born he has a birthday he has a sibling that gets born that sibling dies he has another birthday another sibling is born a third sibling is born that sibling dies and it's kind of redundant i did not bother counting it's it's almost dickensian you know again this idea of just like you know, just just children just being picked off one by one. I'm pretty sure it's between six and 12 siblings. Wow. But it could be anywhere in that range. <clears throat> Again, that's why you have to make extras. Yeah. Um, Buchanan attended the Old Stone Academy and then, like I said, Dickinson College in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. He reportedly found the school to be in wretched condition with no effective discipline. That said, he was himself expelled during the fall vacation of 1808 for bad behavior. And believe me, believe me, I looked, I looked <laughs> everywhere I fucking could to figure out what the fuck he did. I don't know. I tried to find that for you. It's not there. After making a pledge of good behavior to his family's minister, who was, of course, also a college trustee, Dickinson College readmitted Buchanan. And then in his senior year, this motherfucker had the fucking audacity, after he had been expelled and reinstated, to feel slighted by the faculty because he did not win the top award of the college for which his literary society had nominated him. <gasps> he com- oh, no. He commented, I left college feeling little attachment to the alma mater. Dude. You literally got expelled for being a dick. And yeah. now you're like, oh, but I wanted to be president of the Honor Society. Mm. Mm. Like, it's it's very, it's, it's, it's very entitled boy problems. Yeah, very, very much so. Um, 
And honestly, like, I feel bad about this college because I hadn't heard of it. I can't assume that many people have heard of it. And as, like, that obscure college, you sort of have to focus on, like, your famous or well-regarded um, students that you have matriculated. And you would think that, like, oh, well, they've got a U.S. president. They're in really good shape. But it's the worst one. You had to expel him, and then he talks shit about you. Well, I mean, but then you have to think about, like, Harvard, who is clearly going to be leaning towards, like, yeah, Michelle Obama, she graduated from Hartford. What about a Benjamin Shapiro? Don't don't know him. Don't don't know him. I don't know him. New phone who dis. I don't know him. Have we talked about Michelle? She was lovely. Just everyone loved her. Gotta love Michelle. <laughs> In 1809, he started apprenticing for prominent Lancaster attorney John John, nope, it wasn't Johns Hopkins. (laughs) I have great news for you. It was his brother, James Hopkins. I don't know if it was actually his brother. It was some dude named James Hopkins. It doesn't really matter. Just if there's any old Hopkins heads out there that's like, I was wondering when they were going to bring this motherfucker up. Um, He was admitted to the Pennsylvania State Bar three years later. His income rapidly rose after he established his legal practice, and by 1821, he was earning over $11,000 per year, which is equivalent to $210,000 per year Uh, as of 2020. Wouldn't it be nice to make money? He's like 20. But wouldn't it be nice? It would be so nice to make money. In August 1814, he gave his first public speech in which he urged the men of Lancaster to join the fight against the British in the, by then running, very long War of 1812. Um, following this meeting, he joined the Lancaster County Dragoons and marched to Baltimore, Maryland, where he defended the city against the British and was honorably discharged. I'm pretty sure he was the only u.s president to serve in the military without ever being an officer Hmm. he was only in it for like a week as a completely random like thing that no one else remembers whenever i hear about dragoon i think about the playstation 2 game legend of dragoon excellent fantasy game four discs that you had to individualize. What? Yeah, like when games were so long they could not fit on one disc or one cartridge, you had to play up to the end of the disc, save on the game, move the first disc, put in the second disc, and continue the game. God. Oh, it was excellent. Beautiful. What a great game. Never heard of it. Anyway. No one's ever heard of the shit I did in my childhood. Truly. (laughs) I don't, also, I don't know why I have this. Why do you have a Where photo of me from? at Easter, like, when I was eight? I do, I'm proud of myself that I knew what the fuck I was looking at, because I left for work and I went, like, who are these bitches? And then I went, wait a minute, wait a minute, one of these little peanut heads looks like friends. <laughs> it's the one with the giant teeth. <laughs> it, it is the... And, and I say this with all the love in my heart, knowing that a major glow up happened. It is the awkward looking oh, one. I know, right? Oh, man. I certainly, woof. Like, if we want to talk about ugly duckling story. I mean, I also want to say this was the idea that, like, I don't, we shouldn't measure kids by adult beauty standards. Right. But, like, again, big glasses, buck teeth, huge overbite. Like, it was, it was a big mouth situation. <laughs> you you were unbelievably adorable. But that is sort of a different thing from, like, classic beauty. Yes. 
Um, also, I don't know how your sister is like four feet taller than you. Well, they're on steps. No, yeah. you are on the same step as this Am child. I on? You are Ooh, on. Yeah, well, she's three years older than me, and I'm guessing she just hit <laughs> puberty in a major way. <laughs> Um, I think that my husband took it out of your mother's office. Yes, yes. DJ obviously found the remnants in my mom's my mom's office (laughs) and took a again like a photo of me and my three sisters standing on our porch steps, Easter of probably like I'm going to say ninety nine. And I feel like you need to frame this and put this in your home. Yeah, probably. Place of prominence. Yeah, yeah, it'll go. It'll go by the front door with that exactly. portrait gallery. Perfect. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, mm-hmm. I can't. What the fuck were we talking about? So, 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 Buchanan here, um, was a young, rich, hotshot lawyer, um, who also thought a lot about himself. Okay. Um, he began his political career, as most hotshot lawyers who think a lot about themselves do. Classic tale. By serving in the Pennsylvania legislature from 1814 to 1816. In 1820, he was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives, where he served for the next decade. In February of 1815, this is when he's still in the Pennsylvania legislature, he made his first formal speech as a public official, arguing against a conscription bill and in favor of a voluntary enlistment bill. Buchanan was a Federalist at that time, but his argument was so much in opposition to Federalist doctrine that William Beale, who was a Democratic senator from Mifflin County, that's a real fucking county in Pennsylvania, uh advised him to join the Democrats, and he was like, no, I could never. And then the Federalist Party just dissolved, like, immediately, and it stopped even being a party. And then he was like, never mind, I am a Democrat now. But this was pre-Southern strategy, so by today's standards, he was definitely a Republican, and he repeatedly refers to himself as being conservative, but they were called Democrats then. History's weird. History's so weird. Just think of Buchanan as being a conservative, because that is true regardless of the era. I also want to, before we continue with the pronunciations, um, I think his name is actually pronounced Buchanan, but we live in Virginia. Specifically, Gingy is from the mountains, and we have a Buchanan County. It's spelled the same, but don't you dare pronounce that Buchanan. It is Buchanan. Well, there's Buchanan County, but there's also Buchanan City, which has nothing to do with Buchanan County. It Mm -hmm. is in a different part of the state. So if you hear us mispronouncing the name, you're wrong. Fuck you. Do you want me to try to say Buchanan? No, it's fine. (laughs) I would never want you to go against your roots. Okay. Uh, In Congress... Now that I've brought it up, you're just going to continue getting increasingly complicated. In college, in co- fuck, <laughs> words, why have you done this to me? In Congress, Buchanan tended to side with the South, and although he allegedly, allegedly, felt that slavery was morally wrong, he did not want the country to eliminate the institution by the, quote, introduction of evils infinitely greater what evils are those i'm so glad you asked in his mind a greater evil would be freeing the slaves and making them the new masters quote abolishing slavery by the massacre of the high-minded in the chivalrous race of men in the south 
what? <laughs> it's first of all a high-minded and chivalrous man of the South, as we. I do declare, as we you know, murder and torture and uh, enslave an entire group of people. So chivalrous. Uh, so chivalrous. So high-minded. Um, but also like I, I, it, it, I mean. This is the classic Republican argument yeah. of like we would like equal rights, please. <gasps> you want to oppress us? No, 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 no. I want equal rights. Equal rights, meaning I you don't oppress me anymore, and no one oppressed. <gasps> no, that means you wanted want to oppress us. It's like, huh? Interesting. You so you acknowledge that what you're doing is bad to to me, but like if I do it to you, you don't want that because you know it's bad. Help! Get her away from me! Get I'm her away from me! Buchanan was the only U.S. president to date who was never married. In 1819, he was engaged to Ann Coleman, the daughter of a wealthy Pennsylvania manufacturer. I thought you were about to say Ann Coulter, and I was like, she looks like she's that old. That would make so much more sense. <laughs> No, Ann Coleman. Rumors abounded, uh, as some suggested that he was marrying her just for the money. <gasps> Who's ever done that? Uh, others said that he was involved with other, as yet identified, women. Letters from Coleman revealed that she was aware of several of these rumors. In December 1819... The wedding was called off. It looks like she dumped him, but it's a little nebulous, and I have seen it written both ways. Um, and then Coleman died unexpectedly soon afterwards, and by unexpectedly soon, I mean nine days later. And uh, so rumors circulated that her death was a suicide. Uh, and then Buchanan wrote to her father for permission to attend the funeral, and he said no. I mean, I guess it could have been suicide, but also back in the day, you know, women's deaths were like, you know, their handkerchief wasn't picked up from the ground yes. and there were too many throw pillows on the bed. Someone said no too loudly. Exactly. So it could have been all sorts of things. Uh, true shitbird Andrew Jackson was elected president in 1828 with major support from James Buchanan. Then James Buchanan swore that he was quitting politics in 1830. Then Jackson appointed Buchanan as the U.S. ambassador to Russia in 1831. That sounds like a career politician. Yep. Buchanan's supporters had tried to talk Jackson into making him vice president, but Jackson was like, <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> no, no, not Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, the following year, Buchanan negotiated a trade and maritime agreement with Russia. Buchanan's mother had apparently asked him not to accept the Russia position, but he's a man who doesn't listen to his mother. I don't know how to work this in organically, except to say that on January 9th, 1833, Minister Buchanan received approximately one half ton of previously undelivered mail from the U.S. and a bill for $330 in postage. For reference... Three hundred and thirty dollars in eighteen thirty-three is worth ten thousand five hundred and seventy-five dollars and fifty-two cents today. <coughs> and this was just dropped on his porch. Far as I know. Whew! 
and th- again, this is like before like dump trucks. So this is like three horse-drawn carriages full of like Amazon packages. I would give anything to see this, to like look back in time and just see this particular moment. It's all it's like the miracle of Thirty Fourth Street, where they're dumping all the Santa letters on the judges. Yeah, desk. yeah, pretty <laughs> Ex- much. Except it's fucking like we're we're trying to contact you about your car's extended <laughs> warranty. Well, and seemingly one of those letters mentioned that his mother was ill and so he was given permission after being all of these letters dumped on him uh he was given permission from president jackson to leave his post temporarily and return to the u.s to be with his ailing mother but he didn't actually leave russia at that point he just fucking lollygagged and then his mother died on May 14th, 1833. And then he finally fucking found out about that a whole last month later. And then did not bother leaving Russia until August. I mean, people process grief differently. Mm. And sometimes they do that by not giving an entire shit. Also on the way back to the U.S., he stopped in France for some light diplomacy. <laughs> Is that what they call it? <laughs> He was lauded as a hero upon his return to the U.S., and then that December, he lost a bid for the Senate. Uh, Bizarrely, he then moved into the former home of Ann Coleman. What? You know, his fiance who ditched him and then maybe killed herself. What? He also, at this point, purchases some enslaved humans. Oh. Uh... From his brother-in-law in Virginia. So that's it's, cool. It's it's so immoral to own enslaved it people. Immoral. I would like three, but it's very immoral of me to do that. It's so immoral of me. But also, it's especially cool because the Missouri Compromise of 1820, as in many years earlier, abolished slavery imo- above the Mason-Dixon line. And uh, Buchanan was still living in Pennsylvania but for But that's why he bought them in Virginia. So mm. he could get around it, isn't I just, I, I just love learning about our country's history. It's like when history. you drive to South Virginia. South Carolina to buy fireworks. No different at all. No different. No. It's like going to D.C. to buy weed. It's not like it's an atrocity or a federal crime. In December 1834, he was finally elected to the Senate. He did a bunch of shit in the Senate, which largely boils down to being way up Andrew Jackson's ass and slagging off the French, which were two things that were very popular at the time. And now. And now. While Buchanan was a senator, he shared lodgings with another bachelor, Senator William R. King of Alabama, causing some tongues in Washington to wag. But, in conformity with the social customs of the time, the relationship was not a public matter. Uh Uh-huh. I'm just gonna go ahead and take a moment now... Ooh, little helicopter noise. Uh, Take a moment now to address the question... Was James Buchanan the first gay president? To which I will say, eh. Eh. Uh, Like, historians are not sure he was really close to William King, but it seems like it might have been more of a matter of an intense old-timey friendship rather than a sex thing. And some scholars are like, Buchanan was definitely celibate or asexual. Um, He was an incel. No. No? He was a lot of things. I don't feel like incel is one of them. Men's rights activist? No. Men going their own way? Gotta go your own way. 
I mean, one of the things that, one of the many things, beans, you must away. <laughs> um, one of the many things I had to cut from this for length was that uh, later President James Polk, um, his nickname for James Buchanan was the Old Maid. So, like, there's a lot of contemporary stuff that maybe points to the fact that he was definitely either asexual or gay. Just very Tesla. Yes, very very Tesla without the bird fucking. Right. That we know of. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also just kind of not uh, here to try to out a guy that's been dead for 200 years. And even if he is gay, like, he's the worst one. It is not a big win for the gay rights movement. Yas, queen. Yas. <laughs> Slay. <laughs> Like, no, not like, not like that. <laughs> not like that. Not like that. Uh, anyway, uh, in 1836, Buchanan stepped in once again on the slavery debate, coming down on the side that slavery was a state issue. He said that slavery, which I have here written as shavery. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, that slavery should not be abolished in Washington, D.C., while it was still legal in Maryland and Virginia. As you will remember from basically the last paragraph, uh, he may have had kind of a vested interest in this. I I don't recall. Hmm. He was not an impartial party in the matter. None of these fucking people were. Like, none of the fucking, (sighs) like, southern, whatever, Dixiecrats or whatever the fuck they were, were, like, we're not invested in this. Like, they would go to Congress and be like, you know, like, if we don't have slavery, like, it should be a state's issue. Please ignore my giant plantation manned by hundreds of enslaved people by which I am a rich-ass white fuck. Ignore all that. That's, you know, that's irrelevant. No. This is about states' rights. It's history, not heritage. Wait, what? <laughs> heritage, not hate? It's history, not heritage. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm I'm Go only home, Gingy. You're I'm, drunk. O- I'm only one and a quarter ciders in, and here's where we've landed. Uh, so he was being a shipbird. He also criticized abolitionists for quote inflaming passions around the issue of slavery. So it's the abolitionists' fault. Yes, it's. You're playing the race card. That, that's very much like Black Lives Matter's responsible for racism. Mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter and Obama racism was solved before that. Mm-hmm. President Tyler, who at some point in the meantime has been elected, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. He offered Buchanan a seat on the Supreme Court in 1844, and Buchanan refused, which was fucking dumb of him. Yeah. That's a cushy job. It's a very cushy job. He wanted to run for president instead, so he tried to do that. And it didn't fucking work, and he didn't even get the nomination, and then Polk was elected in 1844. But Polk did make Buchanan Secretary of State, and then Buchanan was like, Hey, uh, that last guy, um, he said I could be on the Supreme Court. Uh, Can I still do that? And Polk was like, Shut the fuck up! <laughs> and then McCannon was like, "Okay, but we'll talk about it later. It's we'll, cool. We'll it's talk later. It's all right. I, it's bedtime. Bedtime. You sure? You sure?" Uh, he and Polk nearly doubled the territory of the United States through the Oregon Treaty and the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo. Something that I repeatedly hear about. Do not know what it means. Still don't know what it means. 
After the outbreak of the Mexican-American War, he advised Polk against taking territory south of the Rio Grande River in New Mexico. However, as the war came to an end, Buchanan argued for the annexation of further territory, and Polk began to suspect that Buchanan was just angling to to become president. <gasps> what? He would never. He would never. He's already He's done, done this many this. times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Buchanan did quietly seek the nomination at the 1848 Democratic National Convention, as Polk had promised to serve only one term. But he lost the nomination. Yeah. Uh, in May of that year, he took up residence at his, uh, for the rest of life... That is not a fucking sentence. <laughs> Best of life. <laughs> uh, in May of that year, he took up residence where he would live out the rest of his life, essentially, at his Lancaster, Pennsylvania estate, Wheatland. Wheatland. The most boring theme park ever. The, but truly the worst. Really good food stands. His niece, Harriet Lane, became hostess for all of Buchanan's social activities there. He quietly campaigned for the 1852 Democratic presidential nomination, but failed again. Dude, just fucking give it a rest. And Franklin Pierce won. Buchanan de- Franklin Pierce is also in the bottom four. Yeah, all I know about Franklin Pierce is that he was meaningless but hot. He was supposed to be one of the hotter presidents. I, hold on, listeners. It is important that I look this up. I'm pretty darn sure he's one, he's considered one of the hotter presidents. I mean, he's got one of the names that sounds most like it definitely does sound like a protagonist in a romance novel wearing like a cowboy hat. I mean, you're not totally wrong. Yeah. Like, again, like if they're hold on now, I'm going to hold on. Hottest. I don't think there's resident. But then there's this. The president of the United States in order of hotness by hottest heads of state dot com. Christ. And number one is Franklin Pierce. Really? Mm-hmm. But then there's our guy. Ooh. He looks like a sleep-deprived egg. He, yeah, he, he's... Title of this episode, right? Yeah. Sleep-deprived egg. Two is James K. Polk, which I'm looking at this, this That's painting. That's also and, right around Buchanan. No. Then John F. Kennedy. Theodore Roosevelt is number four. Okay, we're going to do a different... Hold on. James K. Polk was rocking like a weird proto-mullet. Yeah, okay, so this, we'll have to do, like... Who's the least attractive president, according to this? I don't care about middle of the road. Give me bottom. I, I, my guess is Van Buren or Adams. Adams was notoriously ugly. Again, the, the, ad, uh, Donald Trump is only 32? Like, you have to be kidding me. Again, they pick one of his 20s, but he's not good looking. No, he's, He's always had that hair. Woof. He's ugly. Regardless of any face that may or may not be happening, that hair is omnipresent. Uh, 45 is James Buchanan. Yeah. So one of the worst presidents and the ugliest. Yeah. Or next to. He definitely looks like a frog. He he looks like, like, specifically, what is, who... He looks is he like to- is he frog or toad from Frog and Toad? 
Oh, no. Oh, no. That's a very bad picture. Because <laughs> I was going to say he looks like you took Humpty Dumpty in Humpty Dumpty egg form. Fun fact, poem never says he's an egg. But you take Humpty Dumpty and you wake him up at 2 a.m. with no notice. That's James Buchanan. Yeah, he's all glottal. He's all glottal, <laughs> eyes ever so slightly going opposite directions. And, and bulging. And there's something about his entire person that is, like, teardrop-shaped. Yeah, it is. It's not cute. It's not good. Uh, so he's he's living in Wheatland. Uh, his niece, Harriet, is managing his social activities. Then Buchanan quietly campaigned... Uh, he's doing all of this very quietly, allegedly, but he campaigned for the 1852 Democratic presidential nomination, but failed, and Franklin Pierce won. Uh, Buchanan declined to serve as the vice presidential nominee, uh, and the convention instead nominated his close friend and possible historical boyfriend, William King. Pierce won the 1852 election and Buchanan accepted the position of United States Minister to the UK. Okay. So again, like, just being a career politician. Just, mm -hmm. just trying to get in there however way he can. I, well... But it's not however way he can. He could have been vice president, but he was being a petty bitch. Well, yeah. I mean, he wants to be president, president. There, like, one of the through lines with him, he is nothing if not a petty bitch. I want, want to be in the room where it happens, the room where it happens, the room where it happens. I mean, another petty bitch, so. Yep. <laughs> Buchanan sailed for England in the summer of 1853, and he remained abroad for the next three years. His niece Harriet did join him there because I guess he just really needed her to run his household wherever. It's not a sex thing. No, it, no it's more of a man who can't run any of his own shit No, thing. he cannot. He needs he needs a, a woman's touch. A woman's touch. But not on the pee-pee. There is no, <laughs> there seems to be no even historical allegations that that's what that was. Yeah. And d don't get me wrong, historians is nasty. That's true. Historians is nasty. They will try to make fetch happen wherever it can happen, and they do not think that fetch happened here. Um, in 1856, Buchanan didn't so much run for president as let his supporters run for president on his behalf. Like, he had done it quietly, like, four or five times at this point. And but now, now he had a really good Twitter following, and he was just, you know, he he's put up He's not even poll. running. He is not even running at this point. He's just letting his Twitter run his campaign yeah. for him. Um the 1856 Democratic National Convention met in June 1856, and they produced a platform that reflected his views, including support for the Fugitive Slave Law, yeah. which required the return of escaped slaves. Mm. So a gross and bad thing. The platform also called for an end to anti-slavery agitation, which was oh yeah, also what a bad just. Mm. Mm. Again, just the framing. And it the all framing is, you know, we wouldn't have a problem if you guys were just, would just be cool. If you guys would just be cool Can't about this. Can't you just be cool about all the atrocities? Stop rocking this boat. I mean, I know I'm rocking it, but like, yeah. stop rocking this boat. Look, you're white. I'm white. Yeah. Can't I don't we understand. Just 
oppress the masses. <laughs> um, after many failed attempts, Buchanan actually got the fucking nomination this time. What? He did not actively campaign, which I'm guessing is probably the best thing he could have done. Well, for himself. clearly, when he's actively campaigning, everyone's like, this guy's full of shit. Yeah, and we don't like what he's selling. Guy. And now he's, again, he just put up a Twitter poll and is just letting that go viral. And He simply wrote letters and pledged to uphold the Democratic platform. That's all he fucking did. During the campaign, Republican speakers, I love this, they harped on Buchanan's seemingly heartless statement that 10 cents a day was adequate pay for a working man. And they called him 10 Cent Jimmy. Okay, that's that's... It's both very bad and very good. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, there's something just, again, very weird about history where Republicans are complaining about the minimum wage being too low. Um, Tencent Jimmy sounds like a fucking Trump nickname. Like Sleepy Joe. Tencent Jimmy. What was his other ones? I don't know. Hold on. I'm going to see what that would be. Point... 10 cents dollars in the year this was 1858 calculate it had the same buying powers 3.25 current dollars so he was advocating that people oh, should be was- making three uh, $3.25 a day. oh good so again like Republicans being like he yeah. doesn't even want to he wants to pay people below the minimum wage. Again, just something that you just don't yeah. hear Republicans say. How much could a banana possibly cost, Michael? Ten dollars. After many failed attempts, Buchanan actually got the nomination. But <gasps> I've said this already. You did. Yes, I did. In the election, he carried every slave state except for Maryland, as well as five slavery-free states, including his home state of Pennsylvania. His election made him the first, and I think to date, only president from Pennsylvania. Sorry, Pennsylvania. Sorry, Pennsylvania. His victory speech was very Mitch McConnell scorched earth in tone. He denounced Republicans, calling them a dangerous and geographical party that had unfairly attacked the South. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just stuck on geographical. Well, well, they they they're very north south. That was like his uh, whole thing. Oh. Is like it shouldn't be about the north and the south. It should be about Democrats and Republicans. It should it shouldn't be about the north and the south at all. And the fact that the the, the Republicans are anti-slavery means that they're a party of the north and not the south. Oh. Again, yeah, I love these echoes of like rural urban things that are now just, you know. In February 1857, he returned to Washington to appoint his cabinet, but then had to announce that he could not accept visitors until his inauguration, because he contracted dysentery while staying at the National Hotel in Washington, D.C., and was pooping himself to death. There is a podcast episode on Sawbones. Mm. All about the National Hotel and that whole thing where oh, everyone girl, was shitting I'm not themselves even done to death. With it. I'm not even done with it. Yes, because yes, they were all shitting themselves to death. Yep, they almost they almost killed James Buchanan. They didn't, but they almost did. Uh, it's not important, but I decided to cl- include it anyway because poop poop. Mm-hmm. 
Buchanan tried to pretend that he was being egalitarian with North and South factions when he appointed his cabinet, because he appointed four Southerners and three Northerners. But the Northerners he appointed were all very obviously Southern sympathizers, so people just thought he was kind of an asshole. I mean, that's every president's cabinet. Yeah, uh, even his own party thought that he was an asshole, though, because he'd refused to appoint any supporters of one of his opponents. You may recognize this name, Stephen Douglas, because he later ran against oh. Lincoln. Uh, so, Stephen Douglas, same party as James Buchanan, he just fucking hated that guy for reasons unknown to me. But he hated Stephen Douglas, um... Outside of the ca- of the cabinet, he left in place many of Pierce's appointments, but removed a disproportionate number of Northerners who had ties to Stephen Douglas. You know, sometimes you'll do anything to get back at an ex, He's and a it's petty it's, bitch. it's petty, but you know, petty egg bitch. Um, yeah, in that same vein, he soon alienated um, Stephen Douglas's ally uh, and. Unfortunately, his vice president, uh, Breckenridge, who hmm. then played basically no role in his administration. Okay, so he fucked off. All yep. right. He and- just fucks right off. I did not bother writing down his first name. Buchanan was inaugurated on March 4th, 1857. The day reportedly be- began genial and bright until the exact moment of the inaugural when, quote, Clouds portentously lowered over the head of the new president and the assembled thousands, according to the New York Times at that point. But he had the biggest crowds. The biggest crowds. Lest you think this is fucking hyperbole, it was captured in the earliest photo of any presidential inauguration. Really? Really. Uh, Buchanan was also still fighting dysentery at the time. So he's just, he's at mm-hmm. the podium trying to put his hand on the Bible. I assume it's a Bible. Yes. Time, to, 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 to vow to be president. It's literally like a thunderstorm. Lightning's coming down. It's about to pour buckets and he's shitting himself. You're hearing that, like, he may not be shitting himself, but you're hearing that really deeply concerning tummy rumble that is like, I gotta finish what and I'm it, doing. And, and he's just, he has that pale, like that pale face, like sunken eye look of like I just need to be in a bathroom. Yep, yep. That actually, that is his entire look. <laughs> it's just I need to be in the bathroom. <laughs> Christ. Um, the good part, um, it, well, first of all, his speech was almost as gross as his election victory speech. Mm. But yeah, he committed to one uh, term. Uh, He once again clutched his pearls over the growing divisions over slavery and said that Congress should play no role in determining the status of slavery in the states or territories. Uh, But then he also recommended that a federal slave code be enacted to protect the rights of slave owners in federal territories. Congress shouldn't be a part of this, but Congress I make love a law. small government when it's for y'all. Mm. I want big government to protect my shit. He said that the question of slavery was, quote, happily a matter of little practical importance since the <laughs> Supreme Court was about to settle it speedily and finally. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two days after Buchanan's inauguration, Chief Justice Taney delivered the Dred Scott decision. Uh. Now, as a reminder, Dred Scott v. Stanford was, quite possibly, the worst Supreme Court decision, and I say that knowing full well we did an entire-ass episode on Buck v. Bell. Yeah. It was very, very bad. Um... In case you don't remember 10th grade U.S. history, Dred Scott was an enslaved black man whose owners slash captors had taken him from Missouri, a slaveholding state, into Illinois and the Wisconsin Territory, which were free areas where slavery was illegal. When his owners later brought him back to Missouri, Scott sued in court for his freedom and claimed that because he had been taken into free U.S. territory, he had automatically been freed and was legally no longer a slave. There's all of this other stuff, too, about how they basically enlisted him in the army, and it was like a whole thing. It was bad. Yeah. Uh, I'll do an episode on it at some point. Um in March 1857, the Supreme Court issued a 7-2 to decision against Dred Scott. In an opinion written by Chief Justice Robert Taney, the court ruled that people of African descent, quote, are not included and were not intended to be included under the word citizens in the Constitution and can therefore claim none of the rights and privileges which that instrument provides for and secures to citizens of the United States. I'd have to argue with that. I'd have to argue with that there, bub. It's not good. Not good. Some not like, my favorite Supreme Court no, decision. No, it, it, it's no. Not the hottest Supreme Court decision. I'm sure there's, you know, again, another listicle mm, ranking the hottest Supreme Court decisions. That's definitely not. I there. mean, it's no love is love overturning Doma. Exactly. Mm. People, are, people are not quoting Dred Scott versus Stanford in their wedding vows. <laughs> Christ. No, I'm sure, the thing is, I'm sure some the people. Thing is, I'm sure some people are. Yeah, I'm not invited to those weddings. Brexley and Paxton, I'm sure, are just over there and they're like, no, their names camo are, suit. No, their names are definitely Stonewall and Paisley. Yeah, that's true, but not the gay Stonewall. And when the parents found out about the gay Stonewall, they were very upset, very pissed. They thought about renaming him to Rebel. Oh, no, you're right. It's not- His name might be Rebel. Oh, no, no. There's definitely a Rebel. There's definitely a Robert E. Lee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's bad. It's bad. So I, I've talked about Dred Scott versus Stanford. Obviously, this was a bad Supreme Court ruling. But, like, it happened two days after the inauguration. How the fuck was this Buchanan's fault, you know? Well, I mean, again- well. Well, well, prior to his inauguration, Buchanan had written to Justice John Catron in January 1857, and he inquired about the outcome of the case hmm, and suggested that a broader decision beyond the specifics of the case would be more prudent. So, like, expanding it so that it affects... um it affects more people because he hoped that a broad decision that protected slavery in the territories could lay the issue of slavery to rest, as we all know that it did. Um, 
Catron replied that the Supreme Court Southern majority was totally going to decide against Scott, but they would likely have to publish the decision on pretty narrow grounds unless Buchanan could convince his fellow Pennsylvanian, Justice Robert Cooper Greer, to join the majority of the court. So they could make this a broad decision that fucked over the greatest number of people possible. Buchanan then wrote to Greer and strong-armed him into this bullshit. I mean, that yeah, that's not So right. it kind of is Buchanan's fault? It is Buchanan's yeah. fault. Yeah. I'm just gonna blame him. Yeah. Everyone else does, apparently. I mean, okay, so first of all, Buchanan was dumb enough to think that the decision would settle the issue of slavery once and for all, and that he could just move on to other issues, which is not how these things usually work, and definitely not how it worked in this case. No, Again, because Roe v. Wade happened in the 70s, and it's still not settled. Nope, 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 nope. It didn't destroy the Northern Republican platform, but rather bolstered it, because everyone was so fucking pissed off. <laughs> Secondly, Buchanan was trying to do his interference all like cloak and dagger so that his letters were in public, but Republicans could read the fucking room and knew what was up. It also didn't help that he appeared to be whispering about the upcoming decision like fucking audibly with the Chief Justice during his actual goddamn inauguration two days earlier. Hey, bud! What's the outcome of that decision? Dude, we're good. We're good. All right, cool. Keep it on the DL, all right? Hell yeah. Aren't you glad that we're, like, oppressing people? So glad, bud. Why, it looked like you're shitting yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Also in April of 1857, Buchanan's nephew died of dysentery that he also contracted at the same National Hotel in Washington, D.C., as you alluded to. He's had nephews and nieces dying left and right, honestly, during this whole period, but this is the only one who died of diarrhea that he got at the same place his uncle got diarrhea two months earlier. So I decided to. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of ways I don't want to die, but I definitely don't want to die by diarrhea. Like, it's just like, mm -mm, no, thanks. For better or worse, I just assume I'll poop myself to death. I'm okay with it. I mean, not publicly. (laughs) Not at your inauguration. (laughs) Not at my inauguration. In 1857, the Panic of 1857 happened, so appropriately named. Mm. Um, In the economy... Panic. At the 1857. Panic at the 1857. Uh, That happened. He, the economy collapsed. He basically did nothing to this, to relieve the situation, touting reform, not relief. Which included <gasps> trying to fix the recession by making coins smaller. What? You can look at the coins before 1857 and during 1857. It, but. And they're smaller? But. Because obviously the recession was caused by how much metal they were using to make coins. Well, I'm glad I have smaller coins to lose in my couch cushions, I guess. Then he declared war on the Mormons. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he hates everybody. Why not Mormon? The Mormon church had settled Utah and wouldn't let people settle there. And then allegedly, 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 they killed some people from Arkansas who were trying to get to California, which honestly doesn't sound that much like the Mormons. 
Uh, so he sent in the army to replace Brigham Young as governor, and Young threw an entire hissy fit, but eventually they worked it out, and most of the Mormons were granted amnesty, even though they maybe killed people. But it was allegedly. Allegedly. Then there was the bleeding Kansas border war. Things are going so great for the him. bleeding Kansas border war. It's usually just called bleeding Kansas or bloody Kansas, but it was a border war. That was bloody. Kansas. It, that was bloody. Uh, I'm not going to get too far into it because, again, it'll probably eventually be an episode. But basically, yeah, I'm boiling this down so goddamn much. Kansas was being admitted as a state and people were mad at each other because they were deciding a slavery would be legal and mm -hmm. tried to figure out mm -hmm. who should be allowed to vote. Mm -hmm. Most of the bullshit happened under President Pierce, but then Buchanan got elected and chose to endorse the pro-slavery government and appointed a pro-slavery governor. He tried to get them to pass a pro-slavery constitution and it didn't work despite lots of election fraud and like 60 people got killed. Okay. That's the very short version. I mean, again, I just I'm, I'm loving the election fraud. I think that's that's fun. That's fun and good. Um, I love the whole idea that he can appoint governors. I think mm. that's really cool. Mm. Um, yeah, like you do. Mm -hmm. Then there was the little known pig war. The pig war. The pig war. Okay. Per Politico, this started when a settler along the Canadian border shot a pig owned by the Hudson Bay Company that wandered onto his property. A standoff ensued until Buchanan sent troops who had been guarding fucking Kansas, which I hear was bloody. Hmm. Um, it, there was actually a real problem there that wasn't just literally one goddamn pig. Oh, 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 oh so like in the middle of like a whole political uprising, yes. turmoil, election fraud, people fucking freaking out. He's like, guys. This pig was very dear to me. I'm going to have to send the whole National Guard. This pig was very close to my heart. I'm going to send a bunch of army troops there where there is a non-fatal battle going on, except for, again, cannot stress this enough, that cute-ass pig. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know what? I actually think that's a an American tradition, that like when there's actual political strife happening somewhere in the United States, they're like, but guys, I have to protect the interests of capitalism. Like, mm -hmm. come on. <laughs> Let's not forget what's important here. You know what wasn't very American USA as we know it today of him was that the military was in such disrepair that there were only about 12,000 soldiers in the U.S. Army total. Okay. Oh. And they were stretched out uh, across the southern states that were threatening to secede bleeding Kansas and now a pig near Canada. I'd, I'd, I'd choose, I would choose the Canadian post. I would, I would choose to go to the pig. Um, you can make Canadian bacon. I hear it's very exactly, good with some hollandaise. Exactly. The weather, I think, is better up there generally. Yeah, especially in December. There's no plate like chrome for the hollandaise. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're welcome. In a 
1858, during the midterm elections, Buchanan showed himself to be a petty bitch by running candidates against supporters of Stephen Douglas. Again, a member of his own fucking party. Dude, I'm telling you, they dated. I am they, telling oh, absolutely. you. Absolutely. They dated, and it was a messy breakup, and Buchanan never let that shit like, go. Like, look, I am not willing to come down on the side of James Buchanan was definitely gay, but he definitely dated Stephen <laughs> Douglas. <laughs> One hundred percent. There is no other explanation for this. Um, it's it very. It's very like I want you to know. <laughs> like you ought to know that I am going to run some candidates against you in the Northern Territories. Um, but yeah, it didn't even fucking work is like the thing. Uh, and double Douglas aligned Democrats took power throughout the North, but not Pennsylvania, because of course not Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Buchanan's stronghold. Um, Buchanan's support was otherwise reduced to a narrow base of Southerners. But the division between Northern and Southern Democrats meant that the party couldn't get its shit together now. And Republicans were able to block basically the entire rest of Buchanan's legislative be- agenda for the whole goddamn term. Because, again, everyone is just, and I'm here to remind you of the mess you left when you went away. Like, very petty, very angry girl, like, very much like, I'm going to key your car. And by key your car, I mean, I'm going to ruin your legislative agenda. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there is some kind of tie into Lincoln maybe being gay and like would she go down on you in a theater but I don't know exactly what the tie in <laughs> there is <sighs> except maybe that's why he didn't duck Like, if all of these dudes are just gay and, like, this is all, like, petty gayness and Link is off to the side, like, girl, you seeing this shit? I am so into the idea of a Alanis Morissette jukebox musical <laughs> that is all about, like, the presidents <laughs> of the mid-1800s. I, I want to see it as kind of, like, a queer as folk-styled series. Yes. <laughs> Crimey. And Lincoln is definitely, like, the hot one. Like, he's the Brian yes. Kinney of them. <laughs> just at the club with the rolled-up sleeves, just dancing. Yes. He's the tall <laughs> one. He's a tall white man. He doesn't have to be attractive beyond that. No, he don't. That's apparently all you... Don't. Jesus. So the Republicans hated the administration, specifically the Buchanan administration. See, I said it right that one time. I appreciate that. Uh, they hated the administration so much that in March 1860, the House created the Covode Committee to investigate the Buchanan administration for alleged impeachable offenses such as bribery and extortion of representatives. Buchanan accused the committee of being partisan, which... <laughs> Okay, he's not wrong. He's He's not not wrong wrong with this. They hated him. And what I'm laughing about is just, again, it's like, history is a circle. It's a shitty, shitty circle that never ends. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, this record just keeps playing. Yeah, no, it's it's very, it's very familiar. Um, 
Yeah, Buchanan uh, accused him of being partisan, uh, much like our last failure of a president. Uh, the committee couldn't establish grounds for impeaching Buchanan, but they absolutely said that members of his cabinet were corrupt as fuck, and they were, wrote a report that said as much. The Democrats pointed out that evidence was scarce, but didn't actually refute the allegations, and some Democrats were like, Oh, yeah, he's totally guilty, but we are not going to sign off on impeaching this guy. Again, uh, this record continues over and over. And you live, you don't learn. <laughs> you laugh, you, you don't, don't learn. learn. <laughs> God. Sometimes we record this podcast and I go, who is this for? <laughs> <laughs> what is our audience? <laughs> Alanis Morissette fans. <laughs> Alanis Morissette fans who also like Stan James Buchanan, <laughs> but are willing to let some things go. Uh. Huh. Um, yeah, nothing ever changes. Uh, and, oh, by the way, Buchanan claimed to have, quote, passed triumphantly through this ordeal with complete vindication. Oh my god, it's so I'm getting like, I'm like having PTSD flashbacks. Yeah. Republican operatives distributed thousands of copies of the co-vote committee report through the nation as campaign materials in that year's Did presidential election. Did you read the transcript? Did you read it? As he had promised in his inaugural address, Buchanan did not seek re-election. He had also splintered the Democratic Party so badly that Abraham Lincoln beat Stephen Douglas, the great debater... And Buchanan's super hot ex, um, <laughs> despite entrenched Douglas support. The circle of life. Yeah. And it just doesn't fucking end. When will we get off this hamster wheel? <laughs> we won't. As early as October, Buchanan had been warned that Lincoln's election would likely cause at least seven states to secede from the Union. Buchanan was like... Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. 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 Guys, guys, guys. My bad. Well, he tried to get troops to the South to keep shit in line. But during his presidency, like I mentioned, the military had fallen into disrepair. Because they were busy trying to get bacon up north. They were, Look, Canadian bacon, mm. it's very chic right now. It wasn't very effective to send troops to the South. So then he told the Southern states... That he was pretty sure they didn't have the right to secede. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I love it because, oh, just, I love that. It went over so well. Mm Mm-hmm. In his final speech to Congress, Buchanan denied the right of states to secede, but maintained the federal government was without power to prevent them. (laughs) He p- guys, guys, you can't do that. I'm not going to do fuck all to stop you, but you can't. Yeah, uh, his address was sharply criticized by both the North and the South, uh, and they a lot of people made the point that he was basically saying, like, you can't secede unless you really want to. So he, blazed, he placed the blame for this crisis solely on, quote, intemperate interference of the northern people with the question of slavery in the southern states 
And he It was Antifa who stormed the Capitol clearly. disguised as Trump supporters. Clearly. He also he also suggested that if they did not, quote, repeal their unconstitutional and obnoxious enactments, the injured states, after having first used all peaceful and constitutional means to obtain redress, would be justified in revolutionary resistance to the government of the union. And Trump's going to become president in August. Like, guys. So he basically told the southern states, we know you're angry. We love you. Go home. It's it's like that 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 clip from what the f- the show I can't remember right now because I can't remember anything. But it's like I have never done anything wrong oh, in my back. entire life. I know this, and I love you. Yes, it's that. It's that. That's the feeling. Money, please. Money, please. <laughs> yeah. So so the. North is pissed at him for not stopping secession, and the South is pissed at him for denying his right to succeed. Secede. Succeed. I look, my accent cannot pronounce A any of this, and I'm doing my secession. best. I'm doing my best. And it wasn't just the states that were going off the rails. After Lincoln's election, there were stunning new revelations of corruption within Buchanan's cabinet. What? Well, Treasury Secretary Howell Cobb left the Treasury bare and resigned. The Secretary of War, John Floyd, resigned after massive evidence of fraud was traced to him. The Secretary of the Interior, Jacob Thompson, leaked information to secessionists. All three would serve in the Confederacy in high offices. So that's cool. Again, I have never heard of a cabinet that's ever done that before. Not, none recently, at least. You know, well, that's never... Hmm, In December 1860, right before Buchanan left office, South Carolina seceded. And then six more slave states seceded by the end of January 1861. Buchanan well, was man, like... Who could have foreseen this? He was, he was like, hear me out, hear me out. What if we just let them have Fort Sumter? <laughs> And his cabinet was like, are you fucking serious? And he was like, I guess not. I, lol JK, y'all. Um, on January 5th, Buchanan sent the Star of the West, which is a boat. A, a ship, some might say. A ship called Starve? The Star of the West. Oh, I heard Starve the West. And I was like, that's a little on the nose. Star of the West. Stop making fun of my accent. Uh... On January 5th, Buchanan sent the Star of the West with 250 men and supplies to reinforce Fort Sumter. However, he failed to ask anyone to provide covering fire for the ship, and so they shot at it immediately and had to turn around without delivering troops or supplies. Buchanan was like, hey guys, I think this means they want to negotiate. On March 3rd, he received a message from the fort that supplies were running low, but he got that message and was like, this is not my problem. And he left it for Lincoln to deal with when he took office the literal next day. I mean, if you just don't check your emails on the last day of work, isn't I I don't want to be this guy, but I have done that. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Again, it's like I've yeah. already resigned. I put in my two weeks. It's my last day of work. I ain't doing fucking shit. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. By the time he left office, Buchanan was unbelievably unpopular. According to the Washington Post, quote, when a newspaper reported that he had gone insane, stocks actually rose. <laughs> Buchanan was looking worse, too. His strange hair even more angular than ever. His complexion sallow in strange honking sounds coming from blocked nasal passages. He'd been shitting the whole He'd been time. shitting <laughs> for four years. <laughs> But Cannon basically. I'm sorry, I'm also because of the honking noise. Like, <laughs> what is just a lovely just person to be around? Unpleasant body. Jesus that you have. Christ. But Cannon basically skipped out of the White House. He went so far as to tell Lincoln. If you are as happy in entering the White House as I shall feel on returning to Wheatland, you are a happy man. He's just like, deuces! Bye! 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 Uh, you should probably check those telegrams Dude, uh, it, when you get in the office. Bye! It is definitely that feeling of like... When you've come, when you come onto your shift, like yeah. whether it's retail work or waitressing or whatever, and like the shit before you is like, haven't even cleared my tables. Ha ha ha. Fuck off. And like, <laughs> out the door, like the entire restaurant's packed. No one has their refreshments. And you're like, what? <laughs> Buchanan was kind of surprisingly a supporter of the union during the Civil War and encouraged Pennsylvanians to enlist. However, However, the Civil War was referred to by some as Buchanan's War. He was threatened and dragged in the press. The Senate proposed a resolution of condemnation, which ultimately failed. To prevent the defacing of Buchanan's portrait, it had to be removed from the Capitol Rotunda. And his former cabinet members refused to defend Buchanan publicly. Buchanan then tried to engage with the trolls himself by writing open letters defending himself, a super cool and chill thing that we know always works great. Again, like, he, he's just sitting on his golden toilet, you just know, tweeting. on Twitter at 3 yep. a.m. Just yep. being like, y'all don't understand. I'm clearly a defender of America. Then in 1866, he published his memoir called... Mr. Buchanan's administration on the eve of rebellion. For some reason, I immediately thought of Mr. Popper's penguins. Yes. <laughs> he looks like a penguin. He does look like a penguin. He actually looks like Penguin from the fucking Batman movie. He doesn't look unlike Penguin from the fucking Batman movie. Uh, soon after the publication of the memoir, and by soon after, I mean like two years after, but relatively soon after, Buchanan caught a cold. And he died on June 1st, 1868, at the age of 77, at his home in Wheatland. Wheatland. And no one was upset about it. Just before his death in 1868, he said, quote, History will vindicate my memory from every unjust aspersion. <laughs> and historians have criticized him for his unwillingness or inability to act in the face of secession. In historical rankings, of presidents in the United States, without exception, placed Buchanan among the least successful presidents. So that's that fucking guy. <laughs> History will vindicate me. Wait, wait, what? I'm on, 
I'm 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 on the what on list? the what list? I am both the ugliest and worst president. Are you sure? Are you sure? About- oh, okay. Mm. Okay. Mm. I mean, I know there's disrespect, but it is deserved. Yeah. No. I I'm, I love. Um. I just I just love this dude who's just like. Have you ever had that coworker, who, you know, is just fucking off all day? Yeah. And, like, you end up doing their projects, but management, like, refuses to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And you're like, she's taking a nap on her desk right now. And they're like, you know, I, you know, she's just doing her best. And, you know, because she's doing her best, you're going to have to pull your weight by doing all of her work. And I'm like, cool. And when she finally leaves, she was like, I was a good employee, okay? I was good. I was a really good employee. The best you've ever seen, You guys are going to miss me so much, and all of us are like, I'm sorry, who? We don't. Who left? We don't. Um, oh, right! She was here. That's, of course, after, like, 11 other employees leave. Yeah. Not that we're getting into weird specifics. No! Uh, No, this this isn't referencing anyone in particular. So in lieu of a self-care plan, because I don't fucking have one, I am going to uh, go into the files and give you an impromptu call from Craigslist. Calls from Craigslist. All right. I believe the headline, because this has now been taken offline. I took a screen grab of this like two weeks Mm -hmm. ago. I believe it was like $400 a month need roommate. It was something fairly innocuous. I'm retired, working odd jobs. I have two cats. I can provide pictures of the cats. I mean, I hope of the cats. I I love cat pictures. I'm new to all of this. Please bear with me. He did not spell bear right. I have one other roommate. My home is not childproof. I do smoke. In respect to you and the others, I can go to my smoking room or outside. I don't expect to be a housemaid. Please be responsible in cleaning areas. Anytime he makes a word plural, assume there's an apostrophe. Oh, okay. Good to know. Yeah. Um, I have no problems. Should you have guess? Guess. Guess. I ask, is the respect in towards others who live here? Rent includes utilities. The home is Wi-Fi and cable slash landline, quote, phone. Washier, it doesn't say washer, it technically says washier, dryer, quite and diverse neighborhood. This is a tri-level home with fireplace slash someone with good humor would be a plus, not a must. <laughs> If you want to cook, not burn, feel free. (laughs) Shopping center as well as fast food places are one quarter mile away. I may have missed something in this listing. Again, this is new to me, so please bear with me. Again, bear is spelled wrong. I am not bi or gay. I'm willing to help anyone if I can. (laughs) I am working towards having strong Christian beliefs. Okay. He doesn't have <laughs> them, but he's working towards having you know, strong like, Christian y- beliefs. Y- you just you, you just got to put your nose down, study those books. Eventually, you'll be able to graduate. Please don't take my kindness as a form of any weakness. I will not force my beliefs upon you. There is an asterisk here that leads to nothing. <laughs> 
We are cool people, not fools. Parentheses important. I don't bump people ahead of you, thank you. Please understand, I'm not trying to discriminate. But preferably a male to move in, because that's two here already. Thank you for understanding. That's two he here all... What? Uh-huh. Hey, it's his first time at any of this. Bear with me. Bear <laughs> as in naked. <laughs> I love how, like, he gives at least some descriptions of what who he is, but it's really not clear until the very end that there is a second person in this home. Yes. You have no idea who this other person is. Could be anyone. Could be anyone. We think... A male, but he is not bi or gay. He is not bi or gay. He will not discriminate. But he is working towards <laughs> having strong Christian beliefs. So this that's... Sounds, this sounds like a dude who has recently divorced. And by recently, I don't mean like the like a month ago. I mean like in that he's been married for a long time. Uh-huh. And he's divorced now. And he has no fucking clue how to human none whatsoever none at all Mm -mm. and you know he just really wants a wife Mm -hmm. he just really wants another wife but he wants to emphasize he's not bi or gay okay he he, i mean he's not trying to fuck you all right unless but unless but he does want you to cook and clean his house (laughs) if you want to cook not burn not burn don't you dare fucking burn. He will kill you in your sleep. Well, for better or worse, I think that's going to be all for us here, folks. If you like what you're hearing, and again, I don't know why you wouldn't, um, we are at thisfnguypod.com. Basically, all of our social media is thisfnguypod. Yeah. And then there is the website. I'm, I'm sorry, I mentioned the website. And then there's the Facebook, which is this fucking guy, yes. which we are getting a ton of views. Please listen to the podcast, yes. too. We're not just memes. Yes, the Facebook is back. We're delightful. DM us or something. Or something. Uh, Patreon exists. Oh, yeah, that's a thing, too. I am. I actually do have a quick episode that I would like us to do we really ha- soon. We have been saying that for 12 months. No, but, months. like, I literally have it. Like, I, I have it in my brain. Believe- As always, I'm Ginger Golub. I am Ren Martinez. And here's a bonus self-care trip. <laughs> here's a bonus self-care tip. If you've just attended a four-hour mandatory staff meeting... Go home. Have a drink. Have more than one. And also, do not be this fucking guy. Peace. Peace.